What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Kicks and Picks Podcast. Full squad back with you tonight. Nick here with Scotty and Coach Steve. We're going to take you through this week's Champions League, uh, get some quick reactions there. We've got a buy or sell for you, breaking down the biggest matches of the week, and, of course, our hat trick of picks, our locks. Boys, another grinded out week last weekend, four, five, and one, uh, just under a unit lost. Um, but the game of the week is back, which is huge. Super back. Champions League is back, which is always huge for us. I think we're, we're we've turned the corner. We're back headed towards a good place. Yeah, Champions League always helps. Uh, we did pretty well this week. Uh, I think Napoli game kind of hurt us because we we had that one pegged pretty correctly. They just didn't quite have that last ten percent to get the 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 goals counting, but. It was all Napoli for the first, yeah. I don't know, 40 minutes of that that match. And then Milan kind of just had one of those out-of-nowhere counters. And uh, Benacer had a great strike. I mean, he just he, he lasered it on a goal and yeah. forced the keeper to make a save, and he couldn't do it. So uh, fair enough to, to Milan. I, I think we are 90 minutes away from a Milan derby for a spot in the Champions League final, Wild. which is going to be incredible. I'm sure there's going to be lots of discussion about that, but... Uh, who knows? Maybe Napoli can pull something out. I mean, Anguisa picking up a red card certainly hurts. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. It sounds like Osimhen's nah. not going to be available. So, one thing I'll say: the ref didn't have very much control of that game. Oh no, it was not a not a. I don't want to say a disaster, but it, there was certainly lots of flare ups, and ref was yeah. super happy to just kind of like sit back and and let things happen. Think yeah, so we're get, we're getting into the last four legs of the Champions League, and um. We have some referee from Romania. Like that's the best we're sending. That that kind of was like a red flag to me when I saw it. Yeah, not not usually where you want your your quarterfinal referees to come from. Usually, you're looking for like a top five league, but that's what they get. Um, I think elsewhere, Real Madrid. I think we nailed that one. That was our big winner. Yes. Uh, yep. We knew that they were going to be all over Chelsea. We took Real Madrid minus one for plus one twenty. That was probably our big hit for the week. Um, also had Vinny Junior getting that assist. Really. Almost had two assists. He didn't quite get the credit for that first goal, but uh, he made the run, uh, took down the pass from Danny Carvajal, put that one shot, I guess a kind of a shot on the keeper, forced him to make a save. But if keeper doesn't get his hand there, I think Benzema is clearing that or you know, putting that to the back of the net either way. Um, but great performance by them. Chelsea looked dead in the water. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know where Chelsea goes from here now because they're sitting in 12th place in the, or 11th place in the Premier League. They're about about kicked out of Champions League and uh, they don't really have a manager. They've got an interim caretaker manager in Frank Lampard who was not successful the first time around. So yeah. tough spot for them. Yeah. And I think uh, I'd like to add to that before Steve is going to point something very, very smart out because I, I know he's about to. Um, I, I think... It, we're, we must be the only podcast on the planet that were interbelievers. So we, we got that inter win. Uh, we got the under in that one. So that felt pretty good. Uh, the game that we got completely wrong and, and hand up here was Bayern Munich. I just, um, you know, I, I think I will point out that we said it was very possible and potentially even likely that city could win the game three, nothing, which they did. Um, I think we used that exact score line, but uh, I definitely expected a little more from Bayern. Um, shame on us. I, I think, uh, Coach is probably excited to see it, and he hopes that that form continues into the Bundesliga so he can see one of his squads pick up 
uh, a little bit there. But coach, one thing I, I do want to say, you, uh, you can point out that on two separate podcasts, you and I have called out Milan was probably the least favorable matchup for this Napoli side. Yeah, I mean, you're the one that really started that, and you're the one that planted that seed on on my other podcast across the Romaverse when we were just talking top four after the Roma-Lazio match, and I never saw the 4-0 drubbing coming in, in the league a couple weeks ago. And then, you know, I, the way I looked at it, and I think the way we all looked at it with, with the, the way we handicapped the match was Napoli gets revenge today, right? They're, they yeah. have to get revenge. There's no way, not against this version of Milan. This isn't right. last year's Milan that won the, the Scudetto. You know, Napoli's kind of running away with things in Italy. I know that Osimhen was out today. That hurts. But you would have thought that Napoli had a little more going forward, able to finish a goal. Um, I didn't get to watch the match. I was just kind of keeping track because I was at work, but I know Kavara had a, a chance early that uh, according to live score was a pretty good chance, like two minutes in. And, you know, they, they just didn't, they didn't find the net before Benacer was able to strike on that counterattack that Scotty referenced. And that's usually what happens yeah, when you're yeah. controlling a match. I know their XG was pretty close to one at the time when, when I had checked, I think it was like 0.8 something, which means they're creating pretty good they, chances. They, they had like nine shots by the 30th minute or yeah. something like that. Like, yeah. Um, and they, they didn't do anything with it and and one goal. I mean, I think did they finish with one shot on target, Scott? I know you had said it about eight. I think they got a second too. Yeah, yeah, they got a second yeah. one. Up but that was after Napoli yeah, went Up down. Man, on yeah. Him, so so to me it's crazy that like, if if it is a Milan Derby in the semifinal, that's pretty cool as as an Italian football fan. I you know, yeah. um to to what uh, to us, I know it's not our team specifically, it's not Roma, it's not Lazio. It's it's always good to see Italian teams do well because it's good for the league, in my opinion, yes. in your opinion. Yes. Um I don't know if any of these teams is good enough to beat City, the, the two Milan clubs especially, but and that's kind of it, it, you said. You said the Milan derby is good for the you know, Serie A fans, but I almost think it's the opposite because if you want a representative going, well, yeah, potentially I, I, you I mean, want Napoli because they they actually it, have a yes. chance of anybody, no doubt. More in terms of entertainment value, just like it's pretty cool to see like a derby in like the Champions sure. like semifinals, but in terms of like a team that could go toe to toe with possibly City or Real Madrid, Napoli on paper this season is the one that you would want um, as a fan of the league. I guess if you want an Italian team to win it for the first time since, God, when did was the last time, uh, I guess when Inter won it, right? In 2010 was probably the last yep. time an Italian team won yep. it. So, um, But what's funny to me is the fact that these two teams from Milan right now are not top four real. Like they're, Milan technically is fourth right now, but if Juve gets their points back, they're not a top four team and neither is Inter. Inter's really been struggling. To me, the Benfica result was maybe the most surprising, um, maybe even more than the Milan match because Milan had just beaten Napoli recently, so we knew they could do it. But Inter's been so poor in the league. I was like, how do they go to Portugal and get a result? Like they, They're probably playing for a draw, hopefully come back to the San Siro and, and get something. And they won the match. And, and so, that so, was surprising to me. So this is what I'll say about that. And and this is not to – let's not discredit Milan because obviously they made it this far. They got a, a tremendous result today. Um, and – I think Scotty and I spoke about it on the Champions League episode. I can't remember the last time a forward of theirs scored a goal. So the fact that they're getting these results without forward scoring yeah. is impressive. But the uh, point I was making to Scotty earlier today is Inter's a better team. I think on paper, Inter's a better team. I think they're more well-rounded. They're deeper. They've had a better Champions League to this point. If you remember, they were then in a Milan, group with yes, Barcelona. Yeah. They were in a group with Bayern Munich. So yep. um Again, that doesn't mean to me that they can compete with Real Madrid or City if they make it that far, but why would they believe they couldn't, right? Like I think they are they are the better more complete side at this moment. Um and and it's impressive that they're able to put 
the league form out of their mind. Yeah, that, that that's what's impressive to me is they, they do put the league form out of mind. And like Simone Inzaghi, who is also often called Limone Inzaghi lately because his game planning has been atrocious. They, they've, you know, won one to Salernitana on the weekend on a fluke goal by Condreva. They lost to Fiorentina before that, lost to Juve before that, lost to Spezia before that. They hadn't won in the league since March 5th against Lecce. Yeah. They lost to Bologna before that. So I'm, I just rattled off, I think, five matches. They they dropped points yeah. in four of them. Um, Drew Juve in the, in the Copa. Drew Porto in their last Champions League. They didn't need to win that match. But they won that tie one nothing at, at the home leg. You know, so the form has been so poor. And Zaghi's probably on the hottest of hot seats in terms of all Italian managers of the big clubs, I think, right now. But on paper, yes, if you pick a roster, you're going to take Inter's roster over Milan's right now for the most part. And... They did win that derby back on February 5th. So if it ends up being that way, they won the Super Cup against Milan. They have to like their chances at get, getting to a final. And maybe Inzaghi saves his job. And maybe they, they win the Champions League, you know, somehow in a one-off final. And Italy's got five representatives next year because they don't finish top four. That, I mean, that'd be something. I know Scotty references West Ham a lot in our, in our conversations <laughs> because we could have a team get relegated and win the Conference League. So a, a different kind yeah. of like combination there. But it's the same kind of thing in the in the sense that this team is not doing that well in the league at all. All right, ready? Wait, surprise buy or sell. Buy or sell. Inter completes the job, makes it to the semifinals. Doesn't Zaki keep his job? I mean, I I know there's potential for them selling. I think the club is for sale, right? I think Jang is trying to get out. They're, they're a financial mess, but I mean, if, if he gets to the final, he does have some clout in terms of like keeping his job. Uh, I'm wondering if he has to, to win it or finish top four to keep it though, because if they finish a fifth and they went and they don't win the champions league, it's still kind of like we're in the Europa league. I don't know. At, Got at it. that level, at that level, when you're talking about a club that's aspirational as his title winning or at minimum top four, where I say a, a manager's going to lose his job, I need to hear what the alternatives are first. Because right. you don't just, at that point, you're not just firing a manager because you're ha- unhappy with his performance. You also have to have his successor pretty much lined up, or else you end up in a situation like Chelsea, where they are a rudderless ship with no real manager and no direction. And they're probably going to finish in the bottom half of the table this year. So who yeah. do you think Inter would would bring in? Who are, who are some names with their current would... financial situation? There's no don't even list a, a person because there's not a big name they could bring in. So then I'm selling it because I think right. if that's the case, right. like if there's if nothing. You're telling really... me somebody takes over the club tomorrow. Tiago Mota, right? Probably Tiago Mota. You, you, probably lay, off, you lay off of my coach. You settle down. Yeah, he's I'm doing just well. saying he's probably the target. He's probably the number one target at this point if they do want to go elsewhere. But that's the type of guy that they can afford and realistically bring in. And how willing are they to let him to learn on this job, right? And and it's not to say he's not doing exceptionally well currently with Bologna because he is. But, you know, we've seen it with some of these guys. Inter's mm-hmm. step up. If you're talking about a team that's likely to play Champions League football, at the very least going to play Conference League football next year where Bologna won't be, um, th- that's a step up. The expectations are a little bit higher. Are they willing to have a year where he learns he, they don't really bring in too many transfers because they have a shitty financial situation and they finish seventh place. Is that okay? Or do they keep Inzaghi and hope for another top four finish? I think you got to keep uh, him. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think that's really up to ownership and if they, if they want to ride it out and Italian ownership tends to be a bit volatile, volatile with how they handle managers. We've seen it right. Where guys get 
fired and rehired within the same season by the same I, club, right? I, but I have to say, Premier League this year probably takes the cake in, in that from yeah. that standpoint. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Chelsea. Teddy has been kind of quiet this year, right? None of the big teams making moves. Like you've seen some firings down at the bottom of the yeah. table, but yeah, it's not like the Palermo days when Zamperini was just hiring and firing guys yeah. for fun. And uh, yeah, I was on the short you know, list. Seems like one that. <laughs> but. Uh, it's not an Italian ownership group still there. So maybe they do keep him if he Listen, man, does something. I, I think we're, we're at the point where you have to call it a successful season. They're in the semifinals of the Copa as well. Like I said, I, it would take a catastrophe for them to not make some sort of European competition next year. Um, I think it's a successful year for Inzaghi and he probably stays. All right. I think before we move on to buy or sell, let's just talk about the fourth game. Really didn't need to bring it up because it was a, a smashing, but... Manchester City beating Bayern three nothing. It was could have been worse. Uh, I don't think Bayern was really ever in this match. Nick, you and I got this one wrong. We thought yep. Bayern had a yep. chance in this one, kept it close. Maybe just try to keep it so that they can get the game into Munich then uh, the second leg and, and potentially win it there. But at this point, that seems pretty much done. Um, where do you think we went wrong? Do we think that this was a no show by Bayern, or do you think this was just City coming and, and taking no prisoners? A little combination of both. I, I think it was shit, excuse me, City showing what they're capable of. Uh, but it was, I, I mean, we can't pretend that they dismantled Bayern at their peak, right? It was just a flat performance. Uh, they they looked lost in every aspect of the game, at least from what I saw. And they never looked like they were going to get a goal. So I think once City scored that second, uh, th- this was a no doubter. So Apologies if anybody rode with them uh, with us because we got that one wrong. I think Bayern will probably play a little bit better in leg two. I'd be interested to see what the odds are. But after worse. watching that, I yeah. I cannot in good conscience put money on a Bayern Munich team. No, I think that's fair. All right. Yeah. Well, that wraps up our Champions League recap. We will now shift gears into our buy or sell. First match we're going to look at this weekend, coming from the Premier League, we have Aston Villa at home taking on Newcastle, who were the winners of our pod lock of the week last weekend. Pod lock of the week is back, people. These are two teams that are probably the hottest in England right now. Uh, Aston Villa are on a seven-game unbeaten streak with six of those matches being wins. They're also on a crazy 17-game scoring streak, which is kind of unheard of. Um Meanwhile, Newcastle are on a five-game win streak of their own, certainly bouncing back after a disappointing February. Yeah, Nick, I gotta. I'll, I'll start with you. Um, yeah. We got a big-time matchup here: Aston Villa, bigger utter dogs than I think I would have expected, sitting at plus two sixty. Newcastle at plus one ten. Do you buy or sell that Villa can get a win here at home and potentially at finishing a, a spot that gets them Europe, European competition qualification at the end of the season? I am absolutely buying that they can do both they can win this game they can finish in europe and i think uh, um that that for me is not only a testament to the form that they're in but that's to the teams around them right not too dissimilar to italy where you have bigger name teams uh that are faltering that you know we're talking say about liverpool you, by name nick just say liverpool just... Um, liverpool tottenham chelsea um but looking at these odds I'm going to sell it. I have to go with Newcastle and I have to go with Newcastle for a couple of reasons. Reason number one, they are the team of this podcast. Um, we, they, they are just near and dear to us. We've rode them last year. We rode them early in the season. We have the future on them that Arsenal are going to screw up or otherwise it'd be looking really, really good. Um, 
and, and like you said, they they had one stretch of bad games all year, right? I think it was three or four games between January and February. Outside of that, they've been almost flawless. They've been as good as we expected them to be, maybe even a little bit better. So looking at the odds of them being plus 110, they're really starting to get healthy. Uh, I, I know it is a road game and that's going to be difficult, but I think a full strength Newcastle side is just a better side. And the fact that this number is so wide just leads me to believe that Newcastle runs out in this one. I, I could see a two nothing victory. All right, coach, what about you? Do you think Aston Villa have a chance here? I buy that they have a chance. I buy that they could win. Like you said, a seven unbeaten. They've been playing really well. Emery has really turned this team around. I mean, they were probably potential relegation fodder when Gerard was there and, you know, potential, not, not definitely. No, they were, they were, they were right. Based on the, the format that they were playing in under him. And uh, now, like you said, they're they're battling for a potential European spot, depending on how the cups shake out and things like that, and what what places are available for for European spots. I I would find I'd be hard pressed to bet against Newcastle at the moment, though, because of the form they're in, like Nick said, um, maybe they pull out a draw at home, but um, I'm not betting against Newcastle. Yeah, I think I have to. I'm going to buy this one just because they're at home. They are scoring goals like no other. I mean, that's primarily because of Ollie Watkins. I think he's scored eight goals in his last 10 or 11 matches, something crazy like that. Um, And the number for a draw, no bet at plus 155 at home. It's that's really good. That's really good for a team that has scoring goals at a pretty decent clip. They've got three clean sheets in their last four matches. Uh, I think they, they have what it takes to get a result, especially at home. And considering what they have on the line, you know, this is a team that, could finish in their European qualification for the first time in like decades, right? Ever. Um, so I, I think there's going to be enough motivation there. I think they've got the talent, they're healthy, and Newcastle are playing much better. Um, but let's not forget that they really were kind of floundering a bit in, in the latter half of January, beginning of February. I think Eddie Howe has kind of figured it out right of the ship a little bit. But they're not, I don't feel as consistent right now as the way that Villa has been. Um, I think there's much more likely of a chance that Newcastle on the road kind of have a no-show performance, whereas I don't think Aston Villa are going to show up and, and put up a dud at home when they're on this, you know, incredible run of goal scoring form, incredible run of just, you know, pure performances. Um, so I, I think with the way the number is, I think I just have to buy it because the price is just it looks too good. Double chance, minus 140. Even there, that's fine too. Something else that jumps out to me too is I look through the the lines. The the over two and a half is plus one hundred. Newcastle's defense has been conceding goals lately. Yeah. Uh, I find it very likely that this this could be like a two one type match or somebody. Yeah, this, the both got teams one to them. score. Both teams to score a match. I don't know what the odds are on that, but that that could be a good one. Yeah, I mean Aston Villa they've they've you know they've got at least one in them. So um, whether or not Newcastle can get one in, uh, here I'll pull up the the both teams to score. Yes, yeah. minus one thirty for yes. Yeah, I mean. I guess if you like that, you almost got to like Villa a double chance. But in any case, yeah, it should be a good game. All right. Shifting into our our second fire cell of the week, we have what I'm calling the Potter Derby. It is Chelsea at home versus Brighton. Chelsea, we kind of talked about it in the Champions League. Really bad season. Um, the only reason why Liverpool's not getting talked about more is because of how bad Chelsea's been. They're sitting in 11th place right now, um, about to be eliminated from Champions League. Brighton doing better. Um, they're sitting in seventh. I think they're overachieving what their expectations were maybe at the beginning of the season, but 
based off of their first, I don't know, three months or so, I think people were maybe expecting them to potentially compete for Champions League. So a little bit of a drop off, but still have a European qualification in their grasp. In their first meeting, I think this was right after Potter took over Chelsea, Brighton smacked Chelsea four to one. It was a absolute trouncing. Coach, I'm going to start with you. Buy or sell Brighton completing a season sweep here and beating Chelsea, given the fact that Chelsea is really down in the dumps and and Brighton still have something to play for. Well, this is going to be tipping one of my locks, but I do buy it. Um, I I think Chelsea's coming off a loss to Madrid. Brighton is well-rested. Brighton's been the better team all season in the league. They've they've been in better form lately. Um, You mentioned before, Chelsea's kind of, you know, a ship without a a captain right now in terms of the manager. You know, they, they brought Lampard back. That's kind of like a, you know, we just need somebody, we need a warm body right now. There's really no future for him. It seems unless he were to pull off some like miracle run at the end of the season where they get really hot. Um, so yes, I buy Brighton to complete the season sweep. Um, I don't know if they'll beat him four one again, but I, I do buy them to, to do the job. Nick, you buying it? Yeah. I mean, before I buy that, let's buy that Brighton one, the Potter transaction this year. Easily. Easily. <laughs> like, yeah. That's um hell of a move for them <laughs> getting rid of them um yeah listen i there's no i brighton is i feel like come back down to earth just a little bit um you know i think their style of play was not necessarily sustainable for the entire year but it's i'm selling chelsea more than i'm buying brighton i guess is what i'm trying to say it's impossible to back chelsea in any way shape or form right now I'm looking at this draw no bet number for Brighton. I think it's fantastic. I'm if I know Steve like the way I think I do, that's probably his lock. Um, I, I think you have to. I think you have to buy Brighton, and um, there uh, seems to me at worst walk away from this one with a point. Yeah, Brighton kind of remind me. I'm going to do a little throwback here to the World Cup when we did our our analysis and previews. They kind of remind me a little bit of Spain in the way that their team is made up, where their strength is heavily in their midfield. Um, not that they're bad in, in an attack, right? Their forwards are, are okay. Um, but the way that they win games, it's it's with Moises Caicedo and it's with McAllister. And I know Sully Marsh is a winger, but he kind of plays and, and rotates in and out of the midfield. Even Matoma, again, winger, but kind of plays in and out of the midfield. So that's really where they overwhelm teams is in that middle third of the pitch. And then they use that to really dictate the game and, and create chances. And eventually they create enough to get that you know, the goal or two that they need. So given that, that I think that's, it, it's troublesome for Chelsea. Um, Chelsea's strength right now is their defensive third. I mean, they're, they're it's outside of Cucurella, who is God awful. Um, their defense has actually been pretty, pretty strong in, in the recent month or so. I mean, even against uh, Madrid today, um, there are several moments where like Vinny Jr. was away on goal or um, Rodrigo or Benzema and, and Batashila or, or um, you know, Chalo Chaloba kind of caught up with them or or made some you know nice recovery. And I, I think that is is good enough to kind of build off of for their future. Um, but in this match, you know, I think it's gonna be a, a classic Brighton match where they just kind of dictate the pace of play. They they you know own possession. They will probably take them, you know, 10 or, or 12 opportunities to create a goal, but they'll be able to create 10 or 12 opportunities. And then Chelsea, you're just gonna have to find some way to score on a counter. Um, and it's not going to happen with Raheem Sterling starting like they had him today. Um, they're going to have to find somebody else, whether it's their 100 million euro man in, in Mudrik or 
um, somebody else, but gotta be Mount uh, based on what I saw today. Yeah. But Mountain didn't even start, which was weird. Yeah, um, I mean, he was uh, the best player for the demo. Conte was pretty good. Or whatever, yeah. yeah. N'Golo Conte would look pretty good. Um, I know he's been hurt most of the season, but you know, given that the context of everything, I thought he looked okay. But yeah, Mount definitely was the only one that had a, a decent attempt on target. I mean, I guess Sterling did too, but Sterling just kind of fluffed it. He just kind of dribbled it right into the keeper. So um, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a low scoring game. And if, if Brighton managed to get two goals, it's definitely over, but I think they can even get a result with one. Yeah. I think they get the first goal. I mean, Chelsea just like packs it in, you know? Yeah. That's actually an interesting one. Let me see. Let's see if I can pull up uh, what the odds are for to score first. Um, any guesses, Nick? What do you think? Brighton to score first. Plus 125. Coach, what do you got? Brighton to score first, as you said, plus 125? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if they're going to to win, I think they need to score first. So I'd, I'd probably buy it because um, – the one thing Chelsea doesn't do, they don't give up a lot. Oh, I didn't make. I, didn't, I don't know if those are the odds coach. He was asking us. To <laughs> no. the oh, I thought. I thought. I thought yeah. you were saying. I, I do the appreciate line. the set fact the that you would take my action, though. I was. I, I, I was taking. Maker. I was taking your word. I'll get. I'll get the uh, the actual line right. No, 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 now. I thought they, I thought they called it out quick. Yeah, I was like, all right, it. plus one twenty-five. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna spoil it for you, coach. You took too long. It's minus one ten Chelsea, minus one hundred five Brighton. It's basically a coin toss, which is crazy. Yeah. Because I agree, Nick. I think I would definitely go Brighton on that. Okay. All right, let's uh, let's close out buy or sell. Going to Italy, we've got Fiorentina at home versus Atalanta. We got Fiorentina on. Speaking of of great unbeaten runs, uh, Fiorentina unbeaten in their last twelve. Uh, the last time they lost was Juve at February twelfth. Um, Atalanta right now hanging on to that sixth place spot. They're only four points behind Milan for Champions League qualification, and they are four points ahead of the fifteen point deducted Juve. So we'll see if that <laughs> sticks. Nick, I'll start with you. Do you yeah. buy or sell Atalanta making top four if they lose here? Uh, I will. I'm sorry. Let me I'm let me restate to... that. Yeah, I'll yeah, restate please. that. That's a double negative. <laughs> buy or sell Atalanta's top four hopes are crushed without a win here. Yeah, I buy that. There's okay. I, there's absolutely much like I did last week with Lazio, um, and they came through against my thoughts. Um, in, in beating Juve, I think that they absolutely, if they have any prayer of making top four, which I don't think they do, even with a win, um, if they lose this game, you can forget about it. There's absolutely no shot. Teams ahead of them are all better than them. Um, and that's kind of just the fact at this point, need three points. Coach? Yeah, I think I think they need three points. I, I think if, if they drop any points here, I think they're in trouble. I know they're only four points off of fourth, but again, we, we reference it all the time. If Juve gets those points back, all of a sudden will. they're seventh. They have to jump both Milan tides at the moment, possibly Roma, depending on, on how things shake out. So I, I think you have to get a result here, and I think it's going to be tough for them. Uh, Fiorentina's in really good form right now, and uh, I think anything less than three points is is bad news for Adelante in terms of Champions League qualification. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I mean, the other issue that they have too is after this, they'll have eight matches left in the league and they'll have games against Roma. They'll have a game against Inter. They got a game against Juve. You know, it, it, it's, yeah. I, I don't know that I would chalk all those up as, as losses automatically, but tough matches yeah. for sure. Yeah. And it's against the teams that they're going to be competing for almost directly for that fourth spot. So yeah. um, I think they, they need to get at least a result in, in a draw here, but three points, 
pretty close to being a mandatory at this point. So they are plus 400 to make top four. Is anybody taking a small stab at that? No, thank you. No. Yeah. Coach, Fiorentina plus 25,000. <laughs> top four. I think it's it's a bridge too far with only eight matches remaining. Okay. 25,000? Or 2,500? 2,500. If it's 25,000, I'll put a dollar on that because no, 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 who cares? It's, it's, it's got to be 2,500. Yeah, 2,500. I think it's a... I think that's the the office joke from Kevin Malone. He says, if anybody gives you the odds of 10,000 to one, you take it. Got to take it. Yeah. <laughs> no, sorry. Plus 2,500. Still okay. not Still not taking a shot. <laughs> All right. That wraps up buy or sell. Let's get into our hat trick of picks. I got to address the elephant in the room. Uh, in my last four weeks, I am one ten and one in my picks. It Ooh. is a all-time cold streak, but the good news is I have recognized it. And I'm giving the listeners an opportunity to fade me on all of these picks because yeah. I'm taking three draw no bets, which means you can take the underdog money line for probably somewhere between plus 200 to plus 270 and potentially come out ahead if just two of those guys hit. So my first draw no bet that I will be locking this weekend is going to be Brentford draw no bet. They're plus 105 at Wolverhampton. Brentford are in pretty rough form at the moment um they really need a good bounce back i think wolverhampton provide them that opportunity even though this is a road match their last few matches brentford are been against some of the top teams in the table it's it's brighton it's united it's newcastle um all since returning from international break so probably about the hardest run you could have coming out of the international break as, as you could expect wolves are coming off a nice one nothing win against chelsea but granted that's the 11th or 12th place chelsea that is just in utter turmoil. So I don't put too much stock in that. I really think that this is a game that Brentford can kind of circle the wagons and, and get that bounce back win. Um, so I'll take them at a draw no bet because I think a loss here would be completely devastating to what their season looked like up until maybe even end of February. And Wolves aren't that good, dude. It's a letdown game for Wolves. No, no, they don't score all that much. Their defense yeah. is not as good as it used to be. So it's definitely a beatable squad. Yeah, so I tipped my first one, so I'll make it quick. I'm going Brighton, draw no bet, minus 110 at Chelsea. Like I said earlier, um, before um, last week's loss to Spurs, which was really a, a tough loss because VAR admittedly made a mistake post-match. They admitted it. Yeah. Brighton should have been up 2-1 in that match and maybe holds on for a result there, or at least doesn't Thanks, lose that VAR. match. Yeah, yeah so Whoa, there was two questionable done. calls in that game. Hold yeah, on. there's also the handball. One that they admitted yeah. and one that yeah. they yeah. Yeah. One they didn't yeah. admit, so... Uh, very un- un- unlucky not to win that match and potentially be right up Spurs uh, behind for fifth place and, and a Europa League spot. Um, so I think they're going to come out fired up. Chelsea coming off the loss in Madrid could be a bit fatigued as well. And I, I just like Brighton at home. I'm going to take the protection of the Drano bet, but I could certainly see the, the money line cashing as well. It's just unreal number for that game. Yeah. Um, so Scotty, I got to go to your squad. I know, I know you hate it when one of us bets on them, <laughs> but I, I think it has to be done and it's not necessarily doesn't have anything to do with Liverpool. It just has to go with we are absolutely in fade leads at all times territory. So Liverpool on the money line, a little bit chalky here. It's it's um, minus 140. But again, they're at leads. Leads still stink. They've given up five, one, four, two, and two goals in their last five games. So averaging about three there. Uh, Pool is coming off a... Hang the banner should have won game against Arsenal. Um, I, I think reality of that is is that um, they were just the, the better team. It was very potentially their one of their best performances of the year from what I saw. 
Um, so scored two in that one, uh, very easily could have had three or four. Um, they are winless in their last five, but Scott, that means something for this Liverpool team. What does that mean? Yeah, you're gonna claim it means they're due, but they are fucking due. They're so due. Tottenham still well within reach for that top five. Pool will need to start in this one. Leads just with the doctor order. Yeah, so my problem with this, Nick, is that after Liverpool beat Manchester United 7-0, which was probably their best performance of the season, they went went out and lost to Burnmouth 1-0 the next week. So I do agree that they look pretty good against Arsenal. I mean, the, the first 30 minutes, they looked like the Liverpool team that I expected, and Arsenal got out to that quick 2-0 lead. And then the last hour or so of the match definitely looked more like Liverpool of old. It probably helps that Darwin Nunez and Thiago were both subbed in. Um, and that probably helps your bet here where Thiago will probably be good enough to start. Nunez will probably be good enough to start. Even uh, my boy Luis Diaz might be able to make an appearance. He's coming back from injury. So they are getting healthier, but I don't know. I just don't have a whole lot of faith in them. Oh, no, man. I just watched Leeds give up five goals to Crystal Palace. So I, I have to take Liverpool hey, in the spot. <laughs> great segue because my second lock of the week is Crystal Palace draw no bet minus 110 at Southampton. I'm breaking a big time rule here because I never like to bet on Crystal Palace. They are the most unpredictable team. Yes. To try to cap in Premier League by far. However, they did just have a absolute goal fest against Leeds. They had two goals in the match prior. I like the fact that they're scoring. I think Southampton being the basement dwellers that they are aren't much of a threat here. You know, not only do they have a completely inept offense, but they have a Swiss cheese defense. I think they've conceded 51 goals on the season. So I like Palace at least getting something here, if not getting all three points. Were you just talking about Southampton or Leeds? Because it could have been either. Yeah, it could be either. But Southampton are the ones that are for sure getting relegated. Leeds still have an outside shot at maybe escaping. Gotcha. All right, I'm going with Nick squad with my second pick, Lazio. I'm going to go yes. team total over one and a half at minus 105 at Spezia. Lazio is out of Europe, and its sights are squarely set on securing second place and a Champions League place after beating Juve 2-1. Sorry, I meant to be feeling good. I'm going to ride him. Uh, money line is minus 150, which I also like, but went for the better odds here in terms of team total. Yeah, it, this seems like a good spot for Immobile to get a goal. He hasn't scored in forever. So it'd be nice, be nice to get it here. Man, it would be great if one of us had the Immobile anytime goal scorer odds up. But I'm Nick, sure as you go through your pick, shitty. I will tell you. Okay, <laughs> I'm sure they're not the best. Um, so I'm going to go to to one of our featured matchups. We didn't really get into the game itself, but I will do that here. Uh, Fiorentina, Atalanta. We got to go back to basics here with Atalanta. Over two and a half. It's only sitting at minus one twenty. Uh, which is was a little surprising at first. Um, I, I, you know, Coach and, or Scotty spoke about Fiorentina on that 12-game unbeaten streak. They've scored in their last seven Serie A matches. Um, that's huge. Uh, guys like Cabral and, and Jovic, who really started off the year like shit, uh, have started to come into form. Their midfield is healthy. They're starting to score. Atalanta games have had two-plus goals for their last five. That's pretty normal. That's what more so what I expected. Um I almost feel like this is a bounce back game for Atalanta, right? We bought that they needed it. I, it feels like is going in opposite directions. Fiorentina runs away with this, but the odds don't tip that one way or the other, right? It's they're like one team is plus 165. One team is plus 170. 
Um, I, I think I'll have to get a couple goals in this one. So I really like this over. I expect at least a goal by half. And um, we, we ride to three goals in this one at minus 120. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, we've talked about both teams to score as an option here too, but yeah. I think either way, you're going to be pretty happy with, with that pick. All right. I will close things out with my third and final lock of the weekend. I'm sticking, or I'm going to Italy in this one, sticking with the draw no bet theme, going with Empoli plus 100 at Cremonese. This pick has nothing to do with Empoli. I don't care who Cremonese is playing. It could be insert Nick's favorite MLS squad here. I don't care. Um, Cremonese have not won back-to-back matches since March of 22 when they were in hashtag Serie B. They are coming off of a 95th minute winner versus Sampdoria. So I'm literally betting here that they don't have back-to-back wins in them, especially this season, considering it took them 24 matches to get their first win. Yeah, that was was their first win last week? No, it was against uh, Roma, Nick. Yeah, I knew that. I just want somebody to say it. I know. (laughs) I got you. Um, so yeah, do, do Cremonese have back-to-back wins in their pocket? I don't think so. Um, no so way. I'll take Empoli at Drano Bet at basically even money. I love it. All right, my last one, I'm going to the Bundesliga. Borussia Dortmund, money line minus 105 at Stuttgart. Dortmund's coming off a big win against Union Berlin, which makes them the only true challenger to Bayern. They're two points back right now. Stuttgart's fighting relegation. I'll take Dortmund at almost even money. And uh, they'll be hoping that Bayern maybe slips up in the league like they did in the Champions League. So I think they're a good bet at minus 105. Hell yeah, I like it. All right, I'm going to go with the most confusing pick on the planet for my last pick. You guys are going to laugh at me. It is Everton. For the first time in the history of this podcast, somebody will be taking Everton on the money line. Plus 105, at home, Fulham. Um, this is this is what I'm going to call the Steve Cerruti bet. A good friend of the podcast. Scotty and I bet him that they would stay up. They would not get relegated. They needed four wins or more to do that. This is the game that I think confirms their salvation. Um, The fact that they were plus 105 against the Fulham team that is sitting, what, in ninth place, eighth place, had a really good start to the year. I'm looking at it. Well, this, this makes absolutely no sense. How could that be? What does that tell us on this podcast? Everton runs riot. And yeah. Dug a little bit deeper, and it turns out Fulham's winless in their last five. Might even yeah. be longer than that. So, no Mitrovic. Yeah, Mitrovic yeah, no obviously Mitrovic. is hurt. Two massive factors, but you have to like Everton. Uh, I think uh, also, of note, they do have points in four of their last five, so they have looked good since the appointment of their new manager. Yeah, Dice special right now. Plus 105, right to salvation. Saruti owes us dinner on this one. Yeah, the problem is, Nick, is I also like this pick, but I stayed away from it just because I bet on Fulham in some capacity, like I think every week in the last three weeks, and I got them wrong every single time. So well, you're welcome. I stayed off Like it. I said, I just just looking at the line, it, it, when the fuck is Everton going to be a plus 105 favorite? It, they have to win. I, that, that's the only way that number makes sense. And, and honestly, I don't think there's another team aside from maybe Southampton where they would be plus 105 favorites at home. It's just because right. Fulham has been so bad lately and they don't have Mitrovic for another three weeks, I think, for, for his suspension. But um, yeah, it's Fulham are, are in dire straits right now. Let's ride that to victory. All right, coach. We got a pod lock of the week. Pod lock is make, back. I'm going to make you say what it is. Go ahead. Go ahead, coach. Tell the listeners what the pod lock of the week is. They they need to know what the minus 130 pod lock of the week is. I will tell you guys, it is AS Roma, coach's squad, minus 130 at home, Udinese, 
Unese stink. Roma's starting to figure it out. Coach is going to tell you why this one's coming home. I refuse. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to do it to my squad. <laughs> the only way this loses is if it's a zero-zero draw. That's the only way this does not hit. Yeah, I, I have. Well, um, I have no faith in in Unese getting a goal no. against Roma. No. And unless like Roma just completely like no show and, and have nothing going in attack and are just shooting. I mean, they, they kind of doing it back when Zaniola was on the squad and they were shooting the ball like 20 times a game, but getting like two shots on target. That's the only way that this, this doesn't hit. No, listen, let's, let's call it like it is. Udinese have not been very good since probably November, maybe even a little bit earlier, right? They were the early hype team in Serie A this year. Um, listen, they're, they're a bottom half team. That is who they are. That's the, the composition of this roster. So Till's done a pretty good job, but once Delafeo got hurt, that was it. You could forget about it. This team wasn't going to make any sort of Cinderella run. Um, you know, we knew it was going to come to an end, and they have been absolutely terrible since the Christmas break, if not earlier. Uh Isaac's success is awful. He can't hit the net. Beto has not looked good. Their midfield is severely lacking. And to Scotty's point, there's just no way, shape, or form you can count on them scoring a goal or even multiple goals. I think Roma gets out to an early lead in this one, much like they did last week. This could be a carbon copy of that game uh, for coach's sake. Maybe he hopes Roma are scoring a goal or two. We could see some squad rotation, maybe some people hungry to stay in that starting lineup. Uh, maybe Tammy starts this game. Maybe uh, who knows, but I, I think um, Udinese just is not even going to put up a fight in this one. And if I I'm agree. wrong, guess what? Lazio is that much better than Roma. For another week. I agree. All right. Well, that's going to wrap this episode up. Thank you guys for riding with us. Make sure to be on the lookout early next week. We will handicap the next, the second leg of these Champions League matchups. Uh, give us a share, subscribe, a like on social media. Follow us on Patreon. We got the written picks and uh, some prop bets coming your way every single week. Appreciate the support. 